Welcome to the Choosing to Stay podcast. We're your hosts, Hallie Roderick and Stephanie Hamby, certified relationship and recovery coaches. Join us each week as we explore the challenges and joys of the recovery journey for couples who are choosing to stay in a relationship after infidelity and betrayal. We'll encourage you with hope for healing and transformation. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Choosing to Stay podcast. And we are on a three-part series of her healing, his healing and recovery, and then their healing and recovery together. So this is the second part of this series. And today we're going to be talking about his healing and recovery and what that looks like. What are some important pieces to that as they are working together in the coupleship, but also his individual work. So we're excited to talk about this topic as it lays the foundation for their time together as they come into this relational recovery. Hallie, do you want to start us out on the first important steps? Yeah, I think one of the the first thing that needs to happen when there's been some sexual integrity issues is there needs to be an acknowledgement of the issue. There needs to be a breaking through of the denial of a admittance of what's actually been happening, taking some accountability and a willingness to be able to look at his own work and what he needs to do to kind of dig down into what's been leading him to those behaviors. And so I think the very first thing needs to be acknowledgement, taking accountability breaking through that denial. Yeah, I agree. I think that one of the first stages, you know, it's very similar to the healing of trauma and it's that shock stage. And a lot of times that shock will cause this denial of what's actually going on and what has actually come to light. Taking ownership is key. It's going to be what promotes the willingness and to move forward in the recovery without the ownership and the accountability acknowledgement of what's going on. I also think that with that accountability is huge and recovery and his recovery and healing. And, you know, I think the shame is, it always tells us to hide and to go into isolation and to not share what's going on with others. And so connection is the antidote to addiction. It's the antidote to the shame and all of the things that are going on. Finding accountability partners a mentor, a sponsor, someone outside of the relationship that you can go to that is going to hold you accountable to the steps that you choose to take moving forward in your recovery. Yeah, I think that that piece that you said, someone outside of the relationship is key to that. Mm -hmm. Because with that shame, sometimes there's a tendency to not want to tell anybody else and go, okay, we're just going to take care of this in-house and you can be my accountability partner. And what's important to realize is that when there's been a discovery or a disclosure of integrity, sexual integrity issues, your spouse is not going to be in a place to be that support for you. And it's not really fair to ask them to do that because they are going to have so much of their own pain and healing to work through that neither one of you are really equipped or should be in the position to be the other person's accountability partner. It's So I think that is a really important piece that that person, that mentor, sponsor, coach needs to be someone outside of the relationship 
that also shows your spouse that you are willing to get the work that you're willing to say to somebody else, Hey, my, my behaviors, wow, these are unmanageable and I need some help. And that piece right there is important for her to start to see just the early phases of attempts to start to create trust and rebuild safety. Yeah. Accountability is huge. Even through the longevity of the recovery, it's always important for him to have that accountability. And I think that kind of leads us into seeking someone outside of your relationship is finding therapeutic and professional help. And we've talked about it before on this podcast, just the value and the importance of seeking out professional and therapeutic help from people who are trained in infidelity and partner betrayal and the trauma understanding. And um, if there's addiction present, that looks like finding a CSAT. It could look like group support, which I always stay behind group support. I think that it is super beneficial for him and his healing and recovery. Whenever you're in a group setting, you hear perspective from other people. It helps validate what you're experiencing, but you can gain wisdom from other people and what they've experienced. So that looks like group support, a CSAT, a coach. Yeah. I also, just for those of you that don't know what a CSAT is, it's a certified sexual addiction therapist, and they are specially trained to help with any sort of sexual misbehavior. So whether there be an addiction, other compulsive sexual behaviors or infidelity, seeking someone with that specific training can be really beneficial or a coach that's trained in those things. And the group support is huge. The other thing I want to say about group support that I think is really important is that when you get in a, a recovery group or a, a men's group, and again, we're assuming we're, we're talking from the perspective of the man, but this happens to both partners. And so either way, finding a group of other, I'm going to use the term men for guys in particular, where a lot of times it's challenging for them to be vulnerable you're, you're getting the opportunity to practice that in a group of men who you've got to remember that they're all there, maybe not working on the exact same issues as you, but they're going to have more empathy for you and be able to validate the work that you're doing in a lot better fashion than your spouse is going to be right now, because she's in her own pain. And there's those guys. It's so valuable to have that group support. And if you're struggling during the day, whether it's with shame or temptations to act out again, or whatever it be, you have an automatic built-in support system that you can reach out and say, Hey guys, I'm struggling. And all of a sudden you have a group of men surrounding you, encouraging you, helping you work through those challenging pieces. So I also just want to say how important I think the group support is. It gives you that opportunity to be vulnerable And as you practice being vulnerable with the guys, you'll start to feel like what it's going to be to be vulnerable with your spouse. Absolutely. And another thing that I heard you saying in there with that, with the vulnerability, and this goes into part of his healing and recovery that's so important is understanding his feelings and emotions and what is going on inside of him. We know with the shame cycle or the acting out cycle that whenever there is a life situation and it invokes these feelings or wounds or 
these maybe unwanted or strong emotions, how do we understand those so they don't promote us into acting into the shame cycle, which ultimately ends in the behaviors just starting up again. So it's understanding those emotions and feelings. So this is key to his healing and also understanding his own, the sexual integrity issues, understanding what starts those. And so with the understanding of his feelings and emotions, and that can look like, how's your heart? Or I think we shared a couple of tools on a previous one that may even work for this and understanding what is going on inside and eventually being able to express those other people through connecting with others. And you can do that in group. And that's a part of that vulnerability is this is, this happened to me today and it caused me to feel these unwanted feelings. And I feel like it is promoting me into choosing behaviors that are outside of my value system. And so that helps in the understanding of what is causing this and vulnerability is really being able to share those emotions and feelings, but we have to have an understanding of those first. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. I think about the different type of sexual integrity issues and whether it be an addiction where there's daily compulsive behaviors or infidelity where there's acting out with someone outside of the relationship. I think the emotion piece is important for both. And I think one of the things that can be a roadblock, and we talked about this early on, but is the unwillingness to do the work. And a lot of times when there's not pornography involved, or if someone doesn't say, I'm not a sex addict, but there's been infidelity or acting out with other physical people outside of the relationship. I see a lot of times in the work that I do that those men are more resistant to work because they say, well, I don't have an addiction. That's not me. That's not my, that's not my issue. And so they, they're very resistant to do group work because there are some groups out there, just not as many for men where there's been infidelity, where there's not pornography involved and where they're not saying I'm not a sex addict, you know, but I still think that this individual work is, is as important for those situations where there's been an affair or infidelity for those men to do that for their own sake, to know that they're not going to act outside of their value system again. And also for that safety piece for their spouse to know that, you know, he's looking into this behavior. He's trying to figure out what led him to choose to step outside of the marriage and doing that gives her that peace of mind, at least somewhat in the long run to go, okay, he knows why he did this and he's been working on it. I can trust that he's not going to do that again. But when they're resistant to doing that work, the the spouse's brain really has a hard time. Like you can't just lean back in because the behaviors have stopped if you haven't dug in and done the work to see what led you there in the first place. So I think that's another important piece that we need to at least acknowledge is that stopping the behavior and if there's an affair, of course, that means cutting off the relationship, cutting off any contact with the affair partner. And if there's an addiction, that means working on the daily habits and, and the tools that are going to keep you from acting out compulsively on a regular basis. So the stopping of the behaviors and the working on what's leading you to those behaviors is important. Yeah. I'm glad that you touched on that and the sobriety and that is what helps build 
safety in the relationship, and it's a must-have moving forward in relational repair. Whenever there is acknowledgement, we acknowledge that there's an issue and we can move towards. There also has to be a willingness to basically do whatever it takes. Am I willing to take all the steps or do the steps that it takes to promote healing in my own life? And if that is a part of building, rebuilding that integrity, rebuilding the character and becoming the person that you are called to be. Another thing I think that we should talk about is him understanding the trauma that his partner is experiencing. And that is learning that could be through psychoeducation, learning what is going on inside of her brain and body. Whenever the partner has been through this experience, it causes this partner betrayal trauma, which we have talked about before. It is so important for him to understand what her experience is like. Without that understanding, it is more difficult for him to engage in a conversation or communication. To him, it's it's confusing. Like, why is she reacting this way? Why is she still sad? Why is she still mad? Why are all these things coming up? So psychoeducation around the partner betrayal trauma, it helps with his understanding of her, his understanding of how to engage with her appropriately. And it also opens that space for empathy, which is what we're moving into in that relational repair. Without the understanding of partner betrayal, you, I would think it would be very difficult to have empathy. I agree. If you want to learn more about that, go back to our episode number four, where we really dug into explaining what betrayal trauma was. So there's a good resource for you if you want to go back and learn more or review what actually happens for a partner in partner betrayal. So I really wanted to touch on this too, when we were talking about finding outside accountability, support, and mentor. I think this is also combined with the emotions and feelings, understanding what's going on in our own bodies. And I've said this before, but it's through connection with God, ourselves, and others. That is the antidote to the sexual integrity issues, to the isolation to becoming who you are called to be. And so for my clients, I encourage every day, what are you doing every day that is in connection to God, yourself? How am I understanding myself better through this process? What am What's coming up for me? Where am I feeling it in my body? Connecting to self and understanding self better. And then also the connection to others. And I think the connection to others looks like that group support, therapeutic, professional support, It also looks like connecting to your partner. Are you sharing with her what you are learning? Are you sharing with her what is coming up for you, these feelings and emotions? And so being more transparent and vulnerable through that connection. And I would encourage all of my clients every day, do something that is connecting to God, yourself, and others. And it creates healthy habits and healthy behaviors. You are replacing these unwanted behaviors with healthy behaviors that are promoting healing and more abundance in your life. Yeah. There's, as you're talking, there's a couple of things that I wanted to go back to. One is that sharing your work with your spouse. Yes. That's so important because if you're not sharing with your spouse, but you're saying I'm doing it, don't worry. I'm doing the work. Don't worry. I can't share that with you. That leaves a lot of a lot of room for her brain to make up a story about what you are or are not doing. And so I'm not saying that I think your, your spouse should be like your accountability person or be managing your work and making sure that you're going to your meetings 
kids and doing the daily work. That's not what I'm saying. But I think as a husband is doing the work, as if he can come to his spouse with that effort to connect, like you're saying, and share insights about what, if you listen to a podcast today, what did you learn from it? What, what can you take that applied to you? What did you learn about yourself in group today? As you were journaling today, what came up for you? You know, as you're having spiritual experiences and you're connecting to God, are you sharing those with her? Those are the things that are going to help in the long-term relationally help her to see with her eyes and see what's actually happening and what's changing. So you can say a lot of things, but if your behaviors are not matching up with your, what you're saying, then it's going to be really hard for her to believe it because she's going to watch your behaviors more than she's going to listen to your words. So sharing and allowing her to see into what your work is, is going to be an important piece for the relationship to recover. And then the first part of healing from trauma is safety and stabilization. So by sharing that work, you are reassuring her that you are working towards providing safety and stabilization. And that reassurance piece helps her brain heal from the trauma. And as you help her heal, it will also be healing for you as you're helping her heal. So remember that, that it's hard. It may be challenging. It may be really hard for you to step into that vulnerability piece and it will be healing both for her and for you as you have the courage to do that. I want to go back to that. You mentioned when you're talking about connecting to God, yourself and others, I think that connecting to yourself for a lot of guys, that's a new thing that is unfamiliar. They don't know how to do that. And so I think that, which is in my opinion, one of the things that led them to their acting out behaviors is they're not connecting with what's going on inside of their body. And they're not really looking at it and then making a rational choice on how they want to respond to what's happening inside their head, inside their heart, what their emotions are doing. And so that's a skill that you can develop and you can learn that in your groups and with your trained specialist coach or therapist. But I think that connecting to themselves is so important and it can look like, you know, slowing down, being present in this moment, journaling about what's going on in your head, giving yourself time to be still through meditation, through prayer, connecting to God, but really slowing down and paying attention to what's happening in your body, in your heart, in your mind, and and kind of analyzing that and connecting to your body. But I think that's for a lot of guys. And in my experience with the couples and and the men that I work with, that's kind of new and unfamiliar and maybe even uncomfortable for them, but also really important. So any, any more thoughts on that, Stephanie? I would agree a hundred percent that I do believe that's one of the biggest causes, but most of the time we are just not taught these things. And so it is a skill. I love that you brought that out. It's a skill that we learn. And most of the couples that I work with, when he is learning this skill, he is able to then be like, I can look back on my life and see, oh, this did come up for me, but I wasn't able to name it. I didn't know what to do with it. So I avoided it. I numbed it with this behavior. And so once there's an acknowledgement and then it, it is through that. I shared this before with the dealing with strong emotions on doing the, how's your heart? And I, 
I do this with all of my couples as well. And having that shared document or shared notes and saying this, this come up today in my life, this life situation, and this is what, how it made me feel. And then being able to have that in the notes, but bring it up in the conversation with your spouse and verbalizing what actually happened. That's a piece of vulnerability and actually taking practical steps and practicing what you're learning is this come up for me today and there may not be a fix for it. So where you're not trying to fix the situation whenever you do have unwanted feelings, but just acknowledging they're there. What is this saying to me, to me, what wounds did this bring up for me? And it's absolutely huge. And most of the time, whenever he is learning this and practicing it, he becomes much more aware of like, oh, wow, this, this is really helpful to me. And then I've seen it just become such of creating those new habits or those new skills that it just becomes a part of their daily work. And it's beneficial. And it spills over into everything, not just in their recovery life and in their relationship, but in their work and in their daily interactions with other people, I think it spills over into everything. So I think it's an important piece when you were talking about what we, you know, we always like to blame it on something. My mind went to, you know, how from the time that we're little society and culture says, big boys don't cry, don't cry, you know, wipe up those tears, put a little dirt on it, get up. And so I know that's not the case for everybody. That's kind of a blanket statement, but a lot of times that's the culture that that we've been raised in is that it's not manly to show emotions and it's not manly to, it's not macho to be able to be soft and I think that's what we brush up against and that's what we need to push against too, is to say, you know what, it is okay for me to, to be emotional. I, I love to see when my husband is able to be vulnerable with me and share what's going on to him. It makes me realize that it, it creates safety for me. It makes me feel like, okay, he is aware of what's going on. He does have emotions. He doesn't just act like a robot. You know, he does have emotions and feelings. So it's really reassuring to me when I can see that he is having emotions and is willing to share those with me. Sometimes he will say feelings don't matter or not that they don't matter to other people, but they just don't matter in general. And so I always say emotions, they will come out one way or the other, and it's going to come out through behavior. And so we can acknowledge that they're there and connect with other people, or they can come out in unhealthy behaviors. And so the feelings do matter. They're there whether we like them or not and or want to acknowledge them. We've kind of touched on this throughout with with like the podcast and books, but is learning what is learning about sexual integrity issues. So this could look like psychoeducation around sexual integrity issues or if there's addiction present, even like emotional intelligence, a part of the healing and recovery Learning more about it is healthy and it gives you a great understanding of what is going on inside of your own body. So that could look like books or podcasts, or even there's like group support that has framework where you are actually learning and doing more of like a work group style. What else do you think with that, Hallie? I think you kind of covered that really well. I think that there's so many resources out there and sometimes we want somebody to say, this is exactly what you need to do. Like follow these 10 steps. And there are a lot of resources out there and there's no one right way to do things. 
So I would say do some research and figure out what fits for you, what feels right for you and really dig into it because there's a lot of different approaches to it. I know at Choose Recovery Services, we have recovery groups for men who are at different phases of doing their work. We have the Choose 90, Choose 180, and the Choose 360 groups, all for men at different phases. So if you're looking for some support, please reach out to our office at Choose Recovery and get some support there. We have some great coaches that work with our clients and do a really great job. But there's a ton of different resources out there. So find one that feels right for you and jump in and do the work and don't be afraid of it. On the other side of this work, which can feel daunting and overwhelming, is your freedom and is your peace and is your ability to unburden yourself from the weight of all of these integrity and sexual integrity issues that you've been having. And so it's worth it. It's worth doing the work for yourself, for your relationship. And whatever is the right way for you to do that, just jump in. Yeah. I love that you validated that because we all do learn differently and everyone is different. So I think it is important to find what works. I think one thing too, that we need to maybe kind of, as we come to a close on our discussion on this is just reiterating that his work and her work is really important and almost a prerequisite for the relationship. If there are continued misbehaviors, there's continued acting out, it's going to be nearly impossible for the relationship to heal. It's not wise for your spouse to lean back into the relationship if they're still acting out behaviors going on. When you are in active recovery, which is different than sobriety, so sobriety is just having stopped the behaviors where you're not, if there's an addiction, you're not looking at porn, you're not acting out, you're, you know, if there's an infidelity, there's, you've cut things off with the affair partner and that's different than recovery. And so moving actually into active recovery, which I would say the difference is that you can stop the behaviors, but when you're in active recovery, there is the vulnerability, you have developed some empathy, you're you're willing to hold your spouse in her pain and help her heal. You're transparent with what's happening. So spiritually, financially, sexually transparent, you're able to let her see into you and there's no secrets and there's a lot of relational repair starts behaviors showing up, the trust building behaviors. And so as you stop the behaviors, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're okay. Everything's good. You have to do the work to get to that place where you can have the empathy and vulnerability and transparency for your spouse, and then make the amends for the trauma that has been caused for the pain that has been caused. And that can look like a lot of different things that can look like if there's been, you know, financial impact in the marriage and in the family finances you know, being open about that, making amends in that area. If there's been a lot of times in these situations, it's not just damage in your marital relationship, but a lot of times there are other family members and close people who have been wounded in the aftermath of these behaviors. And so making amends, working through the 
repair of those relationships and then the continued work keeps you in recovery. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad that you brought that up about the difference in sobriety and active recovery. I think that's huge for everyone to understand both the partner and the one with sexual integrity issues. Really quick before we end, I wanted to touch on creating new healthy behaviors whenever we want to stop a poor habit or a bad habit or bad behavior, we want to replace it with something healthy. And so what healthy behaviors are you doing now that you are no longer doing the unhealthy ones? And that could look like joining a new sport, a book club, or whatever it looks like for you, a small group at your church, a new healthy behaviors, engaging with your children differently. Maybe that looks like now you are more engaged with your children. You're starting to have these conversations with your uh, family and whatever it looks like, but creating new healthy behaviors to replace. And that is what is going to train your brain and your body into this new healthy lifestyle that you're creating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a good point. We got to create new neural pathways. So when those compulsive behaviors, those temptations arise, we have to replace it with something else. And my mind too goes to exercising, you know, any sort of new hobby. Uh, I think filling your time at home instead of like with technology or video games or things like that. It is, you know, maybe I read good books or maybe I do yard work in out in the yard or I, like you said, connect with your family in a different way. One thing that you want to be careful with is that you don't replace one unhealthy behavior with another unhealthy behavior because any of those things can turn into an unhealthy behavior. Like I've seen people who are I don't know if, if addicted is the right word, but obsessed with like some sort of form of exercise or some new hobby that they have. And so then that becomes the new behavior that they use in a sense to numb out the pain. And so not just transferring it to some other new unhealthy behavior, but really finding that balance in life of healthy habits and daily rituals that keeps your brain and your body in a good place that you're able to live within your value system. This has been a fun discussion and and we've hit on a lot of things. I hope this is helpful for guys who may be just starting out and trying to figure out what their work looks like. I hope we've given you a few ideas. If you need some support, please don't hesitate to reach out to Stephanie or I or any one of our coaches that choose recovery services. We're here to help you. We are champions for recovery and for healing and we believe in it and know that it's possible and we're here to support you any way that we can so join us next week we're excited to dive in a little bit more on what the relational healing looks like after there's been a discovery or disclosure of integrity sexual integrity issues thank you for listening to the choosing to stay podcast If you have enjoyed the show, we invite you to subscribe, share, and leave us a review. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay.